Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with George Shamblin. George is a teacher, a pastor, and the author of the new book, The Relay. George, it is great to have you here today. Great. We really appreciate you having me in. It was good just going back and forth and sharing. I'm really looking forward to this. Yes, me too. And uh, I'm excited to to read the book. I, I got to read the preliminary of the book. And uh, so tell us a little bit about it and, and how did you uh, come up with this and uh, give us give us a little bit of the the background. Sure. Well, kind of like you and I were saying earlier, uh, a lot of people see Christianity as an individual event. And if I heard this one more time about five years ago, I thought I was going to go nuts. So many Christians would say Christianity isn't a sprint; it's a marathon. And I'm thinking that's really not a good analogy because a sprint and a marathon they're still individual events. If you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, really, there's nothing individual about the faith. I mean, yes, I individually have union with Christ, union with God, but I live my faith in community. Somebody had to share with you and share with me, not as individuals, but more in community. And, and I think we got to do the same. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I, I like the um, fact you said that, that running was mentioned was it 250 times mm-hmm. in the Bible, more than any other analogy? That's right. And so we we are ultimately called to run that race, but passing that baton over and over. Uh, and as we were talking about, you know, I, I had a small group leader who really encouraged me. It was Brian Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's certainly been, you know, many other men who have challenged me to grow in my faith, but um, he really challenged me like nobody else and mm-hmm. encouraged me to take a step after step after step. And, you know, next thing I know I'm running and now I've got the baton and I'm passing it along to other people as well. So I love that. um, I love the the premise behind it. And yes, it is extremely important. So um, as people are on this journey, Mm -hmm. uh, what is the goal of, you know, the relay and and what do you want to accomplish with getting this message out there? Sure. It's really a continuation of the pattern set in scripture. For example, Jesus, one time it's in John 17, he's praying. And it's kind of cool that it's a prayer between father and son, but because the author, John, you and I are kind of able to overhear this prayer that Jesus has. And he technically says, Lord, the word, meaning the scriptures, the word of God, you've put in my hand. I then am putting in their hands, the disciples. So that's really that exchange of the word of God that God's giving to Christ. Christ is giving to the disciples. And then what did Jesus say with the disciples? Go. He didn't say sit still. He said go. And so what do they do? They go out and start passing it forward, passing it to the right, to the left. I, I really would say this is nothing new, but it's it's a biblical pattern to say, if you and I aren't passing off our faith, it takes one generation to say we have no idea about Christianity. Just one generation of people dropping the baton or not passing it. Well, I definitely think that that what we're experiencing right now in America, um, 
you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic, you know, it's, it's 2020 and, and we've seen all types of chaos, but, you know, the persecution of the church that, that we've really never witnessed here, we've seen take place in, in other countries. But, uh, you know, when you can have a 50 person limit in the state of Nevada, but you can have 500 people in a casino when you can, you know, do certain things in California, but, you know, you cannot go to a place of, of worship. I mean, they can't even have small groups in, in the state of California. And mm-hmm. people that think that they can keep their faith silent, you know, that it, that it's a personal issue or, you know, they may offend somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, like it, it doesn't take that long for people to not stand up. And then ultimately mm-hmm. they wish that they would have mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, there are plenty of people that, um, they don't know Jesus. They are in positions of authority, uh, mm-hmm. of authority, and uh, they want to take away the ability to, or they know some form, and they think that it's, you know, somehow oppressive or mm-hmm. uh, misconstrued, and and therefore they want to take those things away. Sure. So what you're saying is, it's starting to take place right now because there are so many younger people mm-hmm. that have been raised without faith, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of millennials that they haven't had any experience in church, which, you know, ultimately church isn't the end all be all, but we're, we're witnessing a, a godless generation that is being raised up and, and they're about to vote in large, large numbers right. you know, in November. So um, that's, I think, an issue that, that people need to be concerned with. So, so what do you encourage people to do through this mm-hmm. book and in other aspects of life? Truly give it away. Give it away. I mean, if you and I are sitting here and we had a cure for COVID, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we have to have a vaccine, but let's just say we had a cure and you were totally transformed because you had COVID and all of a sudden you had a change in your life. I think you said four years ago, Mm -hmm. you had a drastic change Mm -hmm. for me when I was 22, drastic change. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like I was spiritually sick. I can dance around the issue all I want. I was spiritually sick, didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And my brother-in-law offended me. He offended me because he's saying, and he was so loving, but he's telling me these verses and I'm getting bowed up wanting to punch him. I'm so glad he offended me because the gospel is offensive. The moment it's not offensive, it's not, it is offensive. It's supposed to get our attention. And so I really appreciated him being bold enough to say, George, I've got a cure. And what you're doing is just causing more spiritual sickness. How awful if he would have kept that cure to himself, if you kept the cure to yourself and I kept my cure to myself. I I really think that's why this younger generation that you talked about, I really think that's why they've walked away. We've made this so private. We've made Christianity private. That's Private with me connecting and having union with Christ, yes, but that means publicly I have to share that and encourage others. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity. I think right now is a fabulous opportunity for us to start saying, you know what, I've got to start getting something out there that's a whole lot more secure or stable than a political party or a government or an institution. This is a great opportunity. I absolutely agree. And, you know, for me, 
I really, the first time I posted something deeply spiritual on social media, you know, I was extremely nervous and, and I got a lot of positive feedback and then, you know, I shared more and I got positive feedback. Now, just about every day I share something that's deeply spiritual and, and I want to encourage people and I want to, you know, let them know because I know what Jesus has done in my life. And uh, I think it was last week. I shared part of my testimony that, um, you know, I haven't always been this way and I was, you know, as lost as a snowball in a hailstorm. And so I know what it's like to be lost and desperate and trying to fill the void that God sized hole in our heart with everything but him and none of it would satisfy. And, and I just remember, you know, I, I wanted, you know, I had all this material stuff, but like, why am I not being fulfilled? And it wasn't until 2016, you know, it was day 17, 21 days of prayer that, that God showed me how he had been waiting this whole time. It was an encounter with a living God Man, come on. and it was, it was life-changing mm -hmm. and, you know, and I haven't been the same since then. So why would I not want people to know mm -hmm. what he's done mm -hmm. for me and, and through me and, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. I mean, I love my wife. Wedding day was great. I love my children, you know, seeing them born. That was great. But nothing compares to, you know, experiencing the fullness of his love, being transformed by his grace that I could not earn. And, you know, why would I want to, why would I want to hide that? You know, that's what I don't understand. What are your thoughts on why so many people, is it because they haven't truly encountered him? They've just been attending church mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe they, they, they haven't had uh, a true experience to share. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I would think that, you yeah. know, everybody should have All some sort time. of experience, no, but that's, right. that's uh, right. But do you think that that's what, what limits people or. Well, earlier you used the word desperate and I'm sitting over here getting chill bumps and seriously listening to you talk because the same thing happened to me. I was desperate. I as a 22 year old. I thought, Lord, I'm going to church. I'm trying to do right. I haven't found it in running around with, with women or partying. And I've got to have something. I'm desperate. And the only way I can describe what happened, and I had a very radical conversion, mm -hmm. but it's almost like I was dying of thirst. And the first time I tasted that cool sip of living water, mm -hmm. it was wow. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, I think when somebody has been so desperate like that and we think I've got to have some peace, I've got to have something more. When we get a taste of it, we cannot help but to share it with others. It, it's like a, a bunch of thirsting people. How wrong would it be if I had something to drink and I looked around and said, y'all are good. This is mine, man. I got to pass that on. Seriously. Got to do it. Use the word desperate or I'm serious. I'm not lying. I'm getting chill because it. I was so desperate mm -hmm. and now I can't help but to share it. 
and lovingly. I'm not saying I get in people's face and mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I want to be as loving, but if I really love people, I'm not going to say, Hey, go make as much money as you possibly can. And you will find peace. I'm not going to say, go do all the running around that you can, and then you'll find peace. No, because I care for people. Is my brother-in-law cared for me? I want to say there's a better path. There's a better way. There's something far better. And it's Christ. It is. You know, I think that the, the desperation that people have on the inside, you know, a lot of times if, if people are looking from the outside in, they, they don't even see it. You know, and, and there's so many people that are walking around that don't even recognize it themselves because they've got, you know, the nice house, the nice car, the, you know, picture perfect family, you know, a, a nice bank account. You know, they've got their investment. They've got all this worldly stuff. And um, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got it figured out as far as the world is concerned, but they really haven't figured out anything. And they're, they're trying to put their finger on what is missing? And I know for me, you know, again, outside looking in, I mean, young, successful, mm -hmm. and everything's going in the right direction, you know, go out all the time and everything's great and wonderful. Uh, but, you know, I know on the inside, it was just, it was miserable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody, you, you couldn't really explain it mm -hmm. to somebody because, you know, what are you complaining about? But mm -hmm. uh, I think there's so many people that are walking around right now that, you know, in this fourth season of isolation, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're stuck at home and, and they're trying to figure out why are they so miserable? And, and again, it's not a knock on them because it's, you know, basically anybody without him, that's, it's kind of a natural mm -hmm. state to end up in eventually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I don't have sports to watch. I don't have places to go. I can't just escape to the next vacation. You know, all of my, um, you know, personal stuff, uh, you know, possibly I've lost my job. My income's down. Uh, you know, the market went crazy earlier this year and, and I couldn't control anything. Mm -hmm. And I think really when you recognize, like you think that you're in control, but really you have no control of anything, mm -hmm. that there is a God that created heaven and earth that also mm -hmm. created you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wants a relationship with you. And, and when you just say, you know what, uh, I'm going to trust you for everything. That's mm -hmm. uh, when that peace comes in. But sure. society has, has given people this illusion that they have control. For and sure. in the midst of 2020, well, uh, what do not, people really have control over? Exactly. Not a whole lot. Not as much as we thought. Right. Not as much as we thought. You know, I'll... I'll would make one clarification in everything we're talking about. So I was desperate. I was empty. I wanted something that was a higher purpose, a higher calling. Absolutely. But I always want to let people know, I think in my particular ministry, God has used me more from a position of weakness than strength. And I mean, in a very real sense, I've had struggles in the past. I've struggled with depression um, I, I've had some ups and downs. I had a pastorate that was just a failure. I, I, the church just didn't work. And I've had some hardships and things like that. But I, I tell people the Christian life doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. Matter of fact, quite frankly, if I had to say, I think the Christian life is much harder in many respects, but it's so wonderful knowing that I'm doing 
the right thing, Mm -hmm. that God's called me to something higher, a bigger purpose, and that he's with us through the process. And I, I always want to encourage Christians, please don't paint the happy picture where everything is hunky-dory and I'm all good. I need to be and you need to be as desperate for Christ tomorrow and today as we were four years ago for you and years ago with me. Yeah. We have to. Mm-hmm. We've still, you know, we still have I, to have that desperation. Yeah. Oh, I, I know for me personally, it was, I mean, it was birth in trials. You know, you, you don't find out what you're made of when, you know, everything's going great. You find out what you're made of when, when everything is, is going wrong. Sure. And 2015 was just a year, you know, in the natural that, that everything was going wrong, but I started growing. I started that process of surrender, but it took me a full year to say, okay, God, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, then it was 2016. And, and things got better. But, you know, in 2015, uh, I'm starting a new business, lost 40% of my income. Uh, granddad has a stroke in the morning on January the 9th. My dad's diagnosed with bladder cancer that later on that same day, my other granddad dies later on in the year. Mm. Um, you know, I'm trying to navigate all these things and, I was still so stubborn that I thought that I was going to be able to just walk through it without complete surrender. Um, you know, ended up like tail end of that year in marriage counseling. And, you know, so in then January of 2016, you know, so again, outside, uh, oh, everything looks great. Sure. But like that was a year of, of just about everything that could go wrong, right. did go wrong. But I experienced peace, started, you know, to experience right. that peace, but right. fully experienced all of it in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm in relationship with them, not my circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, my circumstances are never perfect. Nobody's are, Mm-mm. but, um, but he's the only one that can provide that. Yeah. So why would we not want people to know that even in the midst of an epidemic, mm-hmm. there's still peace, even in the midst of uh complete craziness in the world that I wake mm-hmm. up and there's joy and there's peace and there's patience and there's understanding and there's hope because I mean, even if I die, I know where I'm going. For yeah. sure. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I, I think my brother used an analogy one time with hardship mm-hmm. and with you, it just was hitting left and right. Mm-hmm. You said in 2015, mm-hmm. I believe. My brother said it, it's almost like when somebody turns up the volume mm-hmm. on a stereo and it's as if the Lord, when we go through a trial, is saying, do you hear me now? And say, <laughs> right. okay, Lord, I hear you, right. but I got to go deal right. with this and deal with that. Right. And seriously... It gets a little louder right, right. and a little louder mm-hmm. and spinal taps a movie and it talks yeah. about the amp going to 11. And mm-hmm. seriously, at some point that the volume gets to 11 and we're like, okay, Lord, I hear you now. Mm-hmm. And if this past year doesn't get our attention, I don't mean people out there, seriously, mm-hmm. every one of us, if mm-hmm. this doesn't get our attention, mm-hmm. we have to say, okay, Lord, you have our attention mm-hmm. and we want to hear and we want to receive and we want to act. And I think there's a great opportunity, but trials tend to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. like with you. You, I mean, it really got your attention. Oh, it definitely did. And, um, you know, I'm uh, not as much anymore, Um, you know, thankfully uh, reformed. But, uh, you know, I was uh, a control freak. I was extremely stubborn. I was extremely prideful. And and God had to, you know, strip me of all those things in order to realize, like, you're not 
you know, as, as good as you think you are, mm-hmm. you know, I've been allowing you to, to have this relative. I mean, I remember telling my wife one time, Hey, my income's always going to be going up. And, <laughs> and God was like, Oh, really? You know, who's in control of that? And, um, you know, that was I, news, it was news to him. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I always tell people, you know, you can either humble yourself before the Lord or he has no problem humbling you. That's right. And, and for me, That's I right. had to be humbled and, uh, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Uh, it was not Mm-mm. fun, but but again, I wouldn't change anything because it birthed the relationship that I've got now. That um, you know, I, I wouldn't be the same person had I not walked through all those trials. So, That's right. um, so somebody is is out there and they're wondering, uh, how do I share my faith? What what does that look like? What what advice would you? give to that person? Great, great, great question. A lot of people say, I want to share my faith. I want to share the gospel, but where do I begin? I think when whenever we share some hardships we've dealt with, I'm so pleased. You just said earlier, you and your wife went to counseling. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how cool that is mm-hmm. on the air to say that, mm-hmm. marriage counseling. When you put something like that out there, you're allowing other people the opportunity to reciprocate and say, well, you know what, Matt, my marriage is kind of struggling here lately. That's just opened up a window of opportunity for you to say, Hey, I don't have all the answers, but I've got a verse right here. I call them tool belt verses that you have ready to pass to somebody else. Um, and, and say, could I share a verse with you? I think we need to start with verses. I think there's power in the word of God tremendous power. And so that's the best place to start sharing who you are. It allows other people to reciprocate when they do open up and say, Hey, I'm kind of having a tough time share. It's not been easy, but this verse has just helped me plow through Mm -hmm. everybody listening could use this verse. It's so simple. And I'm telling you, if they look, if people listening, look for an opportunity to share this one verse, in the next day, probably the next two days, you will have an opportunity to do it. There's a psalm that says, though weeping may last through the night, a shout of joy comes in the morning. Do you realize how many times a day you and I have the opportunity just to share a nice word when somebody says, I just found out I lost my job or my income was cut or I found out something with my child say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pray for you and I'm with you. Here's something that's encouraged me. I was in a dark place one time, a rough time, and there was just a verse that said, though weeping may last the night, a shout of joy comes in the morning. And I just want to encourage you. I mean, that's a good start. Just a good start. I definitely think that there are so many encouraging scriptures and um, I do think that it it is important to know what God says about us. And when we know who we are in Christ, you know, that we ought to be able to walk with, with the boldness and with the confidence and, and with the strength that only he can ultimately provide. And, 
in having those scriptures, you know, because everything in scripture is God breathed. And therefore, you know, when you're conveying some message from the Lord, uh, I do think that that is extremely important. And, and I always, I like, you know, it's not easy to share, you know, your, your deepest struggles, but at the same time, you know, I know that that's where God wants to use us the most. It's, it's where we've been through that most difficult time. It's, mm -hmm. it's what the enemy wants us to keep silent on, but it's where God really wants to help other people. And so, you know, I always tell people like, if God's done it for me, he can do it for you. For sure. You know, if, if God has, has touched my life or my heart or, or moved in a situation and given me breakthrough in a situation, He's a do it again, God, you know, so mm -hmm. testimony means do it again. Mm -hmm. And so when we share what he's done in our life, like he freed you from depression, mm -hmm. you know, who better to, to hear from on depression than somebody who's walked through that because he set you free. Mm -hmm. He can set anybody else free. That's right. That's so right. when you walk through, through that situation, what helped you get through that trial? Because there's a lot of people that are depressed right now. For sure. A lot of people. For sure. That's there's a lot of layers to that, but mm -hmm. I will say uh, I had some very well-meaning Christian friends that were saying, you know, George, pray your way out of this. And I do believe the power of prayer. Do not misunderstand. Mm -hmm. But I, I got to a point where it was a medical depression and needed to see a doctor. I go to a doctor now, will the rest of my life. And so for some people, it may be an actual visit with a medical doctor. Other people can see a Christian counselor. There's some great Christian counselors out there. Um, I think one of the best things to do is find a friend or two and say, you know what? You may see me and think things are okay, but I'm dying inside and I just need somebody to listen. And quite frankly, people would be so surprised once you start sharing what's really going on, you'll be shocked how many other people say, maybe not depression, but something. Mm -hmm. And it just draws us closer to each other. I love authenticity. I love being real. Uh, pastors a long time ago wouldn't let people know what was really going on. That doesn't work anymore. I don't have to let all my, you know, you don't have to give all the details of something, but you need to let people know God's grace is as sufficient in the depths of depression as it is on the heights of your faith. It's just as sufficient, just as good, and just as necessary. That's good. Uh, the God of the valley is also the God of the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that valley, it it is important. Number one, there's only one place to look and that's up. That's right. Yeah. And then number two, you know, a lot of times when we get on the mountaintop, we think, oh, look what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and God's like, hey, remember me? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it it is easy to, um, you know, walk through the, the difficult situation and wonder, you know, where is God? But but he's always you know, right there. He's close to the brokenhearted. You know, he's right. he's close to, you know, every single day, every single moment. He, he's always there. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it's just finding him in the midst of, you know, that dark situation. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I do think that it is important having, again, going back to the relay, having people that are there on your team mm -hmm. that you, you know, they're either passing the baton to you or you're mm -hmm. passing it to somebody else. That's right. I just, I think that, that having that team in your life, that team of people that are willing to surround you, mm -hmm. you know, not just celebrate the wins, but also, uh, you know, when, when you fall down, um, you, you mentioned the guy, was it from 
Tanzania. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So That's right. he, uh, he still had to finish the race, even though he was knocked down. But, but how much easier is it to, you know, keep moving forward? If you've got somebody that comes alongside you, puts their arm around you and said, Hey man, I'm going to walk through this with you. Absolutely. You remember, Oh man, I can't remember. What was the Olympics? The guy that was running, he pulled a hamstring and his dad jumps out of the stands. I mean, we will never forget that moment that yes, he wasn't going to win in that sense, but he won the hearts and, and minds of so many people that he pressed on his dad came right beside. Seriously, that's about as good of an analogy as I can think of with, God the Father and Jesus coming along, you know, and and it doesn't mean we we don't have a limp, but to see us through to the end, man, we just got all kinds yeah. of things going back yeah. and forth. Yeah, that's good stuff. So I've got the book here in my hand, mm -hmm. and it looks fantastic. How do people get this in their hands? Okay, Amazon. It's the relay, George Shamblin, and. Probably the best place to go was a web page. I had a, a fellow dating my daughter, okay. and he did a web page. Okay. I really appreciate it, but right. it's georgeshamblin.com. Okay, perfect. So I would highly encourage all of you, uh, again, just I have not read the whole thing yet because I just got the preliminary today, but now I've got the full thing, and I'm looking forward to reading this because you know, I just get the sense of of your enthusiasm and and how you just got a heart for evangelism. And mm -hmm. and so I got the same heart, you know, mm -hmm. so I just want people to know uh, it doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter how. I just I want them to know who Jesus is and, and what he's done for me, uh, because I know that I didn't deserve any of it. I know that, um, you know, I couldn't have earned it. But it's because of him that, you know, I am a new creation That's right. and and I do have a hope and you've got that same hope. And and for you, uh, you know, you've been experiencing and walking in this for for a longer period of time. But, you know, me, I mean, four and a half years, um, yeah. you know, I've been on fire. So yeah. um, we just got to keep on stoking that fire. And I still get nervous at times, you know, I, I, a story for another time. But went to a rough group the other day. I said, man, I would so appreciate it if y'all would just give me five minutes. Your time, my heart was beating. It was the roughest crowd you've ever seen. I get nervous, you know? So just cause we get nervous, man, but we still got to get out there. It's good to get nervous. Mm -hmm. If we were running a race, it'd be weird if we weren't nervous. Well, I mean, we need the power of the Holy spirit to, to share what God has done in us. And, and when we think that you know, well, I don't need to be nervous because I can just do it in my own strength. Then, mm -hmm. you know, we're strong in our weakness. Mm -hmm. So that, that sense of nervousness, uh, that's when we need him to flow through us instead of just thinking mm -hmm. that we've got, you know, all the right things to say. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, I've really enjoyed this and um, I, I know that the listeners uh, will enjoy it as well. Uh, so we hope that, that you all have um, you know, learned how to share your faith today and, and hope that you will not only go out and do that, but also get the book, The Relay by George Shamblin, uh, again on Amazon or georgeshamblin.com. Check us out and follow us on uh, Living Life on Purpose on Facebook and then also Living Life on Purpose always on Instagram. We appreciate you listening and we will catch you next time.